This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, the news about Microsoft acquiring Activision is overshadowed when a rant by a G4 host goes completely wrong. And in our final stage, I review Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Select Start. I am your host Xavier Josiah. I got to tell you, I was hoping for a really good week that we could talk about video games and the gaming industry. That may not exactly happen, <laughs> not at least until the final stage of this program. So I'm pretty sure you guys know what's going on if you follow in the gaming industry. If you follow this podcast, of course, you're following the gaming industry. But we got to talk about some exciting news. In the gaming industry, we got to also talk about some controversial news going on in the gaming industry. And on top of all that, we got to take a moment to say our thoughts and prayers to the family, friends, and fans of Meatloaf. As today is the 21st, and we just learned this morning that the legendary rock star uh, slash actor has passed away due to COVID. Again, our thoughts and prayers, our hearts and prayers at best goes out to the family, friends and fans of um, the rock legend. We'll talk a little bit more about that on on the Prime show on Sunday, Uh, but it's just really sad news today. But this is a gaming podcast, so we got to get to the gaming news. And unfortunately, and trust me when I tell you this, I really did not want to talk about this. And I've been struggling all week since this whole thing blew up on social media in the gaming community in general, but yeah, I, I got to talk about it because I've seen the footage. I watched different opinions from different videos and, and YouTube vloggers in the gaming community, which is very interesting to say the least. Um, I won't, I, I want to say I won't give too much on my view of it, but I will. But not to the totality in, in, in the uh, volume of what others have done. I mean, there were some really valid opinions of it. And then there was some really ratchet opinions of it out there. But we're going to run down everything that happened this week at G4 TV involving Frost, of a uh, host of many shows on that network. Um, Frost, you know, since G4 TV has begun. 
one of the standouts of G4 to me is Frost. Um, she is a former commentator of um, many different esport uh, league sh uh, TV shows and commentators for that. Um, she's been known. She's been around within that with the, this, this small inner circle of the gaming community. Um, and I know people think that like everybody should know who this person is. There are a lot of people who don't know who this person is, but she is within the bubble of that is the gaming community. She is quite well known. She has a, she has uh, a, a steady volume of followers in her, in her uh, community. And I, I know it's funny because it's like when people have like a, a few thousand followers, that person tends to think that the world is watching when it's only like 50,000, 20,000, 30,000 at times when there's like billions of people in this world, it's, you know, it's not exactly like a Kardashian level amount of people who are aware who this person is. It's a, it's a small amount, but nonetheless, she was picked. It's like no different than people know who I am, you know, regardless. It's like, it's kind of when I think, but to, regardless of that, she was chosen to be a part of G4 TV along with the Black Hokage and Jerome the Completionist, all of them in their own right, you know, great figures in the world of gaming. But something happened on a recent episode of X Play, a live stream of X Play, and um, it was interesting. And, you know, and, and I, you know, in a lot of cases, I think it kind of needed to be said. But the way it was said and when it was said, that's a whole nother thing we're going to get down. So G4, G4 TV host Frost explodes as fans troll and harass her on an X-Play live stream. The host went on to an impromptu rant about sexism in, in the gaming community. It does exist. It exists everywhere, unfortunately. Um, I mean, if you got to talk about this, you got to talk about it on social media in general, because the way that these social media companies handle it, you kind of got to put the blame on them too. And you got to put them on the forefront, not just the fans on TV because they're being imprinted by what's being presented in social media as well. But that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother time. She addressed issues about some fans claiming that she was not as attractive as that of former host Morgan Webb and Olivia Munn, who everybody loves and uh, who's been on the show and they're like legends on the G4 TV network. Um, and they just felt that she just, you know, wasn't um, qualified for G4 viewing pleasure, if you will. She said it. She said it in a different way, but I'm just, you know, paraphrasing it in my way. But they just didn't, you know, they they constantly compare and contrast her to that of, you know, those two, which those two are models and they're gamers. And. When they brought Frost in, it was it was a I I, I totally understood what they, what G four was going to, and they wanted to have a different approach because part of the problems before was a few things that you know people felt was missing from G four. One, G four the the original G four had a lot of attractive women that was appealing to the eye of the male. They had a Spike TV approach with the uh, with the choice of casting. And, you know, people knew it and it, that's what they went with. And then to an analysis, it worked because both Morgan Webb and Olivia Munn 
use that aspect because they hired them to use that aspect and it actually did well for them. Olivia Munn is like huge now in the industry in Hollywood right now, you know, and a lot of that stems from her appearances and her comedy and everything and her bracing her sexuality on camera on Attack of the Show, the original Attack of the Show. And it has done well for her, you know, in a lot of ways and not so a lot of ways. Um, but she's a well-known actor now. So it, you know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, Morgan Webb now, you know, puts herself out of that spotlight. And now she's working for a gaming industry as well. So she, Morgan Webb, what I loved about Morgan Webb is that Morgan Webb, yes, she was attractive. But she absolutely proved that women of her stature can actually also is gamers too so i know when they brought frost in it was to play on that other aspect that not only just attractive women play it but also all women play because i mean yes she is not as attractive in that level superficially but what i thought what i think uh frost brings to the table is that she's very charismatic very intelligent articulate and it really does feel like she is passionate about the industry um so I get why she would be upset because the constant harassment of, you know, people doing it. It's wrong. At, at, at the end of the day, it's wrong for anybody to do that. It's just it's there's no way of justifying that this is right, that people berate her and try to bully her because all she what is she has done that does that deserve that? OK, I, I will. I will absolutely, you know, defend that to the core. She went on to say, you know, that Morgan Webb and um, Olivia Munn did not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Okay. I want to take note here. That may be true in a sense, because, you know, when they were born, it wasn't like their parents or anybody say like, they're going to be hot models growing up. We're going to utilize them and, and groom them to be hot for the viewing public. No, that is true. They were they did not exist for that. However, they did choose. They chose to become models with the intent of being easy on the eyes for viewers in order to attract a target audience rather than rather through the G4 network or modeling on, you know, magazines like Maxim and other magazines back in the day because that's that is exactly what they did so it's really kind of you know people felt that that was a bit of a you know untrue statement from her because i think the wording of it really played a factor too they got on to g4 because a lot of it was based on their their popularity based on their their cover spreads their their modeling spreads their you know and the fact that they also gamers. So there was a match made in heaven for G4 to acquire them to be casted into their shows. Because it's like, when, when do, at that time, at that time, when have we ever seen women become hardcore gamers like that? Let alone women of this stature, because the old stereotype back then, and I don't know how old Frost is, but the old, you know, or any of them, because I think all of them are like a generation young and they weren't around, they weren't old enough and around during the times when G4 was actually around. They were they're actually cast members uh, and host on G4 that actually got hired and never watched the original G4. That has actually been stated when G4 first came on. 
So I'm not sure if they were aware of the ideology of the 90s and the the early 2000s and how things were. Because back then, when you saw somebody like Morgan Webb and uh, um, Olivia Munn, the last thing you would ever think is that they were gamers. Because back then, it was like the only people that was considered gamers are male, um, uh, like males of like certain, uh, you know, age demographic, like maybe the kids to maybe young teenagers and maybe young college adults or whatever like that. And it was also that same time that parents thought that, you know, playing video games will will not amount to anything. Well, thanks to pioneers like Morgan Webb and Olivia Munn, that kind of broke the barriers and the mindsets of, okay, these women are legit gamers here and they just happen to be attractive they kind of break the 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 stereotype of what's going on here so you can't take away that concept you can't take away that that ideal that you know they are but things over time we see a lot of people they kind of inspired and you know they inspired a lot more women to come out and say that they're gamers too and now because of social media being what it is and you have these opportunities and social media in accordance with Kim Kardashian. And I say this because Kim basically created the influencer generation. So it gave other attractive women a way to benefit from their beauty and they do so online and they do, they get so many followers and you get companies like Instagram or Meta who runs Facebook and Instagram, you give them the opportunity to utilize them to their benefit to attract more people on because sex sells. This is this is the part when I wouldn't blame the fans. I will blame companies like Meta and TikTok and all of them who because they have and I said this many times, they have what is called the nightclub strategy. If you own nightclubs, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If you own nightclubs, basically the idea is that they, a lot of times their strategy to get more money in and get people drinking and having fun in their club is allowing women to come in for free. Well, not just any women, hot women to come in for free, because if you got hot women, then guys will come in and want to, you know, you know, buy drinks for them. They want to buy drinks in general. That means the bartender gets paid highly. The club gets paid and they also get, you know, celebrities to come in and basically, you know, be there to say like, okay, this celebrity is at this club. This is the hottest club in the, in the game. They're using that same business model in social media, celebrities and, and, um, Instagram models or, or social media models, if you will, are the ones that get in for free. They get the leverage. They're the ones that get, you know, in the algorithm, they get pushed to the top. So, Basically, this is how sexism ends is not just the gaming industry, social media. I mean, she said in gaming, no, it's in general, it's everywhere. This is what the projection and perception of our society is. And this is what they see. So when they do that and they imprint this in the minds of all of us, you get trolls like this who just automatically assume and feel that Frost is not living up to visual expectations. So in hindsight, if you want to get to the root of it, it's not just the fans fault. 
or those those stupid trolls fault they're being imprinted they're, they're, they're it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that has been thrown at by companies like meta who always puts that in your face and this is the imprint that people have so you don't blame morgan webb you don't blame olivia munn you don't blame kim kardashian you don't blame everybody you blame meta and all these other places for doing that because that's what they do that's what they do to attract more people and this also creates a lot of mental health issues as well as we know case in point this is the situation with frost because she broke down people call this a meltdown i'm not exactly on board with calling it a meltdown things that kanye west do and say to me that is a meltdown because he has certain chemically imbalanced issues this was her being bullied and she couldn't take it anymore and she decided to rant now was the rant that she gave completely valid not exactly i don't think it was successful in that sense because she said you know what she said didn't exactly wasn't solid it wasn't one of those it, it was it was one of those moments that she had a chance to say what she what she meant and she did to some extent but then she also kind of went some other directions that kind of did way worse than it did better in this case um so when she talks about olivia munn and morgan webb not exist to be easy on the eyes it's like it's hard to say that when these two were actually you know actually modeling showing their bodies showing their sexuality embracing their sexuality because there's nothing wrong with that um and it's funny we because we have one you know she's arguing about the sexuality and sexism about it but also it's a it's a double-edged sword because then you have women defending their right to show to be sexy and show their sexual sexuality and whatnot too so it's it's not a it's not a, 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 a it's not black and white by any stretch in this case so it tends to go on a feministic side of the situation which can be very iffy in a sense so then things go way south when frost reveals that reviews that they cover on the show are in fact written by other reviewers not seen on the show the reason being for that for her mentioning this is due to the trolling fans consistently telling saying that she is not qualified enough to speak on gaming topics and again this is bullying and the, and bullying doesn't always necessarily mean that what they're bullying you about is anything right it's just a fact that they're just bullying bullying people to get a to to get them angry which successfully they did here so the fact that they told her that she doesn't she's not qualified to speak on gaming topics while her male co-hosts like the black okagi jerome adam sessler don't receive the same treatment especially adam sessler because he's the face of the show he's the original host of um g4 t uh, tv's uh x play so that's what you know the show is synonymous with um she feels that they don't get the same treatment even though they are reading the same script i get the point of why she had to say that because yeah it's a double-edged sword when they tend to bash her for the same reason so i get why she had to say that but in doing so it kind of backlashed because people 
didn't, you know, people got the, you know, the double standard situation here. But by exposing the double standard, you also exposed a lot more because this, in fact, upset many people on social media after hearing this news that everything that they read is basically scripted rather than it's not coming from their own mouths and their own, you know, writing. So content creators who have to like myself included content creators who have to play write and review their own games that you know on a daily like i do like i am doing in this episode and every episode of you know this podcast like i spend hours on in and playing these games to get a thorough idea what i'm playing so you know i nobody writes this stuff i have to write this stuff thoroughly my wife is like right next to me every weekend every week when i write down notes about my gameplay experiences i am here for hours really detailing this and to hear that they get the they get their look even when i'm i'll tell you this even when i am on um you know interviews or rather on the show or on uh or for repop I write all my questions. They don't write anything for me. Sure. I think I asked, if anything, I ask, you know, them, is there anything that we can't talk about? And if we, there's anything that I can't talk about, then we don't talk about it. But I write every other question from there for every interview that I do. You know, it would be crazy if somebody did that for me because it's not me coming. It's not coming from me, you know? So, which is another reason why I'm so grateful that, you know, people let me do that and Repop lets me do that because it's just it's coming from my own words. And, you know, the fact that they value what I are able to say and they are OK with what I'm saying, it just means everything. But if I had somebody write that for me, I wouldn't feel right at all. Like, what's the point of me being here if it's not coming from my mouth? So I totally understand the disdain and upset and anger from other content creators. There's plenty of content creators and people who review games on a fly on online. Jerome, the completionist and, and Black Okage are all people who stream video games while they play online. They got a great following, but I don't know if they ever really truly reviewed a game. And that's what I really was like, ooh, this is interesting. Like on their own. I don't I never followed any of them, um, you know, prior to this you know them being on g4 and it's just very interesting um not only that but her revealing creative direction of the show actually exposes and diminishes the g4 brand in the eyes of many of their fans it's it's uh i mean because it's like now me personally i watch it in a whole different perspective when i heard that it was like wow consequently the G4 TV YouTube channel lost thousands of subscribers after this whole entire situation. Frosk or G4 TV are not backing down on this. Frosk is not is not remaining quiet about this as she is constantly on going on Twitter and reacting to the trolls who continue to harass her. I don't know if that's a great idea at all. It's not, and I say this, while I say it's not a good idea at all, it is also not easy to not do because you could get triggered online easily and I, that, that's the thing i think people are saying this as if it's just like well just let it go just let it go it is not always easy to let it go and 
some people had to had, had to go through this before they can get used to this and experience it like to say like all right i get how they are now you have to understand the psychology of the troll and the people online and what they're going through i think if you understand what they're going through you will learn not to you will learn how to handle things better i it's obvious that frost doesn't understand the people that who is coming at her and realizing that you know the people that are lashing out on her or bullying her and all this stuff they may have stuff going on in their life that is displacing their anger onto frost so it is or anybody for that matter like if somebody's ever being bullied or trolled or whatever like that chances are it stems from whatever's going on in their world and it really doesn't have anything to do with you but you're the target that they're going to lash out to so if she takes it in that approach and she understands the psychology of that situation i think that's how you always can handle it better if you really learn how to you know find the combination to unlock what's really going on in these people's lives i guarantee you it, it you'll be able to handle it better a lot of people that do that are people who also use social media in their accounts to hide and mask themselves from what's really going on and they use that and it doesn't really help them in in the long run it really actually hurts them mentally and and, and um psychologically so it's if she understood that which at this point it is quite obvious that she does not because of the way she's been handling herself with it she would be able to do it a lot better but it's a, it's a heavy situation i i you know we're human people experience it i just hope that she's able to get around it sooner or later but she needs to stop going on social media and and, and feeding the trolls i keep saying starve negativity you know feed positivity it, it it always works that way but she is she is over she is stuffing these trolls with enough to give them enough to you know harass them i would not do that at all <laughs> i I've, I've realized this you know about social media it's just you, you you just can't g4 tv has doubled down on this meanwhile by airing the rant on the channel not blurping uh like beeping or censoring anything from it um so it, i i watched yesterday and i was like okay i noticed that they were they filmed a lot of you know stuff from this week she's wearing the same um you know a lot of the episodes she's wearing the same outfits and everything that led to that rant and then yesterday they actually did show it on you know the, the comcast cable network because we know comcast owns the g4 brand which by the way has yet to make any comments or actions on the situation uh, i don't know if it's ongoing i don't know if they just say we're backing it up but there's some things that thoroughly need to be watched here in regards and you know somebody said it best on on uh one of the youtube videos that i watched like yeah they where's the pr <laughs> people in this situation independent content creators and reviewers have reacted to this rant and a majority of them are not siding with her saying that it was unprofessional it was an unprofessional disaster and a meltdown and again i don't know if i can say a meltdown i don't think she was mentally disfigured when saying what she was saying now granted all of her, everything that she said wasn't concrete but and there was a there was a point to it i don't think that point was successful completely successful 
actually probably not even as successful at all because at the end of the day a lot of people were just more offended by her than she was probably offended by them and then just to be able to put this subject on a video game format it was just and did call it sexism in the gaming community when it, in reality is sexism in general because it's not just targeted just for the gaming community it's everywhere the same conversation that you could have for the gaming community you could say for social media you could say for hollywood you could say for it's in general so in hindsight it may not have been the appropriate place to have that conversation um especially when when it was impromptu and unprepared and people didn't see this coming type of situation and especially when it probably only evolved a vocal minority of people but is now being addressed to everybody as if we're all to be blamed for this and then she also went on to say that you know men should you know take classes i mean i'm not opposed to that but at the same time you can't generalize an entire gender of of men to say that we're not we're all you know um sexist because it's not it's not nearly true i don't believe that to the to the i, I think there's a a minority of people or a a subsequent amount of people or a significant amount of people that may need to you know take some classes in in, in understanding of sexism and sensitivity training at you know to that matter too I, I just feel like it's not everybody um especially me who grew up being raised by very strong women in my life you know had and associated with platonic friends that are you know very strong women in my life that i learned greatly from growing up you know part of my confidence was the understanding uh one of my heroes too fictitiously is claire huxtable <laughs> can i say it's one of my crushes and one of my actual heroes i loved the way claire huxtable you know portrayed herself and I have friends who also portrayed themselves in that same fashion. And I, I cling on to them because I think it's, it's mad power, how they handle the world and handle the people around them. You know, so I mean, it, you, it's I don't think it's every, it's I don't even think I know it's not every man in the world. OK, because there are men out there who have sense in this case. So. I, you know, after seeing this, I've ran through quite a few videos. Uh, to get various opinions on the matter. I knew that, you know, a lot of them are, you know, males and I knew I was going to get the same, you know, view and opinion from a male, you know, uh, talking about it. Um, and, and I mean, to their credit, most all the men, most of the men that were talking about it did think that it was wrong for trolls to be, you know, harassing her and bullying her. But at the same time, you know, there were some situations that they felt that shouldn't have happened within her actions can't necessarily disagree with that but i knew males would have a, a solid solid review on it but some of them were really informative and detailed about it and you know i get it there was one in particular dude that was just ratchet with his whole thing really saying you know be you know doubling down it was almost like he was one of the trolls himself so i was like dude chill you know on that one but what i really wanted to do is hear from the female content creators on this. And I think I um, ran through three or four, maybe, 
mostly i believe it's three um that i can remember that i sat down and listened to what they had to say and much to my surprise a lot of women are also not siding with her uh rant saying that she has feminist issues and that she was projecting some of the uh, some of her own insecurities on the fans while trying to play the victim i was very surprised at that i was at least expecting to hear that you know yeah sexism is bad and all and they did and some of them actually did say it that you know i i think in this core everybody agrees that like the trolls are idiots and bullying is bad but it was just really interesting to get their take on it. um one in particular was i believe somebody from the lgbt community that was you know disagreeing with how she handled herself in this situation also the fact that she considered she called you know frost called herself the brad pitt of lesbians and i knew they kind of threw people off and pissed them off so there was a little bit of a talk like that like some things that she says at times they they threw back at her in this case um there was another another video that i watched with four content creators i believe some of them were gamers but and here's the thing these four females are in the morgan webb olivia munn status here so they they're really attractive women who also are content creators and a couple of them are gamers and stuff like that they did they never knew uh, some of them don't know who frost was only one of them actually watched g4 back in the day so they were aware of olivia munn and morgan webb to that extent but the other three did not out of the four but the crazy part about it was like at the beginning of the video they started they were kind of on a mean girl type of trip because the minute that they saw her they started bashing her you know just superficially bashing her off the bay i'm like okay not even the issue like it was it was kind of like shady no it wasn't kind of shady it was really shady it was i felt like i was watching some high school girls doing the mean girl thing as the as the video went on they were a little bit more you know a little more softer about the situation and they did started they did begin to point out some situations and the projection which i do agree i i believe there possibly is some form of projection if people don't know what projection is it's a psychological term when and i'll give an example when somebody is actually when when like say if God forbid, if you, if say, if you're the person cheating on your significant other, but you blame them and accuse them of cheating when it's in fact you that's cheating, that's projection. That's a form of projection. So when you're blaming somebody for something that originally you're the one doing, that's projection. And there were some actual, there, there it did feel like there were some projection issues within her, you know, statement in there so i can see where that came from but and there was also one person um who's not a gamer at all she uh, i don't know to what end uh to what her field is it seemed like she was in the psychology field i'm not sure but there were people her listeners and such that wanted them to uh you know talk about a topic and somehow some way there i guess some of her fan base and her followers are in the gaming community and they wanted to talk uh talk to her about this and she was probably the best 
to talk about this like she also did not side with her uh in in, in a sense of how she did it but she understood what she did and why she did it but it was just her, the way she went about it and i think that was what happened that's all around um the, the others you know have said that she shouldn't allowed the trolls to actually get to her and this is why i totally agree i totally agree with this but again as i said before it's not it's easier said than done it's really nobody has a iron you know an iron will to be able to get through this you got to go through this a little bit to learn how to get adjusted to people on the internet it, it's just um it's just how it works not everybody has you know the will to be able to rise above the hate the hate is the, the hate is strong you know <laughs> the, the dark you know the, the force is strong when it comes to social media so it is but it, i think the key to that is just really understanding the people who are targeting you and they don't expect you to understand you they just know that you're they're picking on you're uh you're being picked on and you're reacting to it but if you it's how you react to it is really the key there so the fact that she did not shy away from this or just handled it differently um you know it just makes her it really makes her look bad and she even went on to in her rant to say that their their unconscious bias ruins her day you really should not have let that out that comes off as a form of weakness and in in more food to feed the the trolls i mean that that was the end of be off right there um people on social media have called out her out as well about uh for contradictions in her rant based on some past videos and images that has surfaced online involving her and some other situations there so i mean it's it, you know people were picking you know depicting the situation and it, it at the end of the day it, it wasn't a solid success um with that said it may have been the wrong place at the wrong time to do that rant on a major brand and a network owned by a major company within company time um i believe that she could have done this and mentioned this on her own platforms because like i said she has a fairly large platform where people talk and follow her from this not that what she said would have made a difference in terms of exposing the business aspect of it, but at least she would have been able to do it. And I think she would have had a better time because I think she went impromptu with this rant. Unless Adam Sussler knew about this or somebody else knew about this, she was going to obviously Jerome obviously was caught off guard because of his facial expressions and everything. We'll talk about that in a minute, <laughs> but I think if she was if she decided to do it on her own platforms and if the X play cast wanted to also back her with that, they could have posted it on their platforms and that could have been an open discussion on social media rather than company TV time where you're supposed to be just talking about video games in essence. I think that would have been much better or at least a little bit of a lighter situation. I think that probably would have helped her if it was more prepared you know for that and you know made it that and it been in her own writing and not the writers of the in terms of whoever is writing their tales from at, you know in the back i think it would have been a probably it might have been a much better situation 
the other interesting thing about the X-Play rant, um, and I just mentioned it briefly, was how every content creator gave commentary on Frost rant, also noticing the awkward, uh, the awkwardness of Jerome the Completionist, because this is a guy, from what I understand, is a guy who, like, he's a very nice dude. I, um, Matt Papa, who was on the show, talked about him, um, you know, when you're we talking about G4 on our interview. Um, and everybody says how much of a nice guy he is. And he, he, you know, he's a charitable dude. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't cause trouble. He don't bother nobody as the, you know, old lyrics say, um, it caught him off guard, but he's still back. And I can tell he's still back. And it was just like, this is one of those things he did not want to be a part of. He didn't want to have to talk about or anything, but he, I think he understood that, you know, the subject needed to be said. I don't know if he would agree that it was needed to be said on that type of situation. And, you know, he, I, I think it was, it was probably, if he didn't know about it, I think it would, it's really unfair for him because you give him the opportunity to say, I want to back you up or I don't want to back you up. But, it, you know, again, the way she handled it, I think it was just very inappropriate at the end of the day. I'm not arguing why or what she was, um, you know, arguing about. I'm just saying it was just how she handled it. Many also went on to clown the Black Hokage, uh, Adam Sessler, who was clapping like a seal in support of the impromptu editorial, as well as uh, whoever was the one or two people that were behind the camera and, you know, playing cheerleader back there. Um, it was an awkward situation that seems to be getting worse by the day. So my final thoughts from this, because I really went over this for like... I, it's been 40 minutes I've been talking about this. I really did what well, I wanted to talk about this. But my final thoughts here is that the entire situation has kind of ruined it for me watching X play. Um, now, from a standpoint that I can't watch X play anymore. And knowing that these guys, the, what they're saying is not coming from them. You know, and they do have conversations, which I think is really good because that's something that X play is not done. So they, you know, they have conversations that are not being based on a review, but it's based on what their, you know, their views on it. So I think that helps balance the situation all. But to, when I read a review now, I'm thinking like, who is the actual person that reviewed it? I want to hear it from them. I want to see them, not the Black Okage or Frost or Adam Sessler or whoever. If, if like there's an actual reviewer who is, give it to that person because that person deserves to be on camera. That person deserves to, I, I don't understand the, the fact that, and that's because, and that may be because, I, you know, I don't understand the format, but again, it's hard to really get a grasp on it when, again, like people like myself and other content creators and reviewers out there review these games and, and live off of getting paid to review these games. You know, when I interview somebody in the gaming industry, like Matt Papa or people at WayForward or Trinket Studios or, you know, uh, or G gentle brothers, whoever I have to write everything. I have to do research my own self. So it, it really kind of deters the idea that these guys are remotely professional about what they do and what, what not. And we don't know what's real and what's not like that to me. It's, it, I, I, I totally get it. And I'm on the side of every content creator who is also upset about this too. It puts a damper on the whole entire X play experience. The G4 experience, I'm not sure, but I don't watch any other thing 
I don't watch everything anything else other than X Play and maybe Scott the Walls because that that show is just awesome. That show is awesome as hell. I love that, and I know for I, I guarantee you that guy, everything he does, he does on his own. <laughs> okay, uh, I think he started off on YouTube and they just you know decided to put his show on on TV because the dude does his homework. It's very informative. It's crazy, you know. It's it's really awesome. I would re I would be very mad if he was doing it himself. Like the guy who does the I um. I forgot the name of that that uh the, the street the YouTube stream but like I those guys who do the very informative history of video games those guys need to be on this format they need to get those guys on this format because that's what G4 was and G4 right now with only four shows that air four new shows that air and then the rest of it is just Ninja Warrior which I, I hate the fact that they should they still air that on that channel um it's still a lingering of what g4 ended up being at the end they need to get rid of that that show it does not need to be in g4 at all it just not it's just a filler because they don't have a lot of content in that in that network right now and hopefully they'll get more content down the line but right now g4 tv is nothing more than a glorified youtube channel because now what g4 was back then is now all over youtube like everybody's doing what g4 was doing back then it's just that's just what it is unfortunately and they need what they need to do right now one they need damage control um they need to have some form of damage control for this because what was supposed to be meant to be was not and they need to somehow have some really clever people and they just need to they just need to fix this situation they also need to do what they've been doing but way better than what people are doing on youtube right now in order for people to see them in a different light you know this just they, they it just reminds me of like how Domino's admitted that they that their pizza sucked and they went out of their way to make sure that their pizza did not suck anymore and in fact Domino's pizza is way better tasting than it ever was g4 needs to take that approach too in terms of their production in terms of how they you know produce and stuff like that like yeah they got a great set and all this stuff but at the end of the day it's like everything else is just basically the same they need to do something more shows more production value just to make it seem like okay you can tell the difference between youtube and g4 because right now you can't in this case um we'll see i wonder what um the people at electric playground is thinking about this right now because i know they saw it um we'll see because they it's funny that they bring back g4 but they forget to mention that electric playground was the original review game review show prior to this and i don't really think that those guys did creative direction the way that uh x play is doing out I, I wonder if i don't know i don't know but regardless this situation we'll be following this situation as time goes by I don't think they're gonna i don't you know even though thousands of thousands of subscribers have left x play and it's going by the day i don't know if this is going to result in frost being released or the network being down i don't know what's going to happen there's got to be some type of damage control for this to gain these subscribers back whatever like that but we'll see how this goes from there so all right let's see if i can get through this real quick but 
The other big thing that happened this week was in fact, Microsoft acquiring Activision for billions. Okay. Microsoft made an historical purchase of legendary company Activision for a whopping $68.7 billion. I swear if I hear somebody even say that gaming, the gaming industry doesn't result in anything and they don't make a lot of money and there's no importance to it. You can't say, you can't say the word importance without saying $68.7 billion for a gaming company, people. Okay. Uh, this is said to be Microsoft's biggest acquisition ever. This is a major coup from the uh, green team as they now have a large list of hit games possibly as exclusives i'm not sure including uh call of duty world of warcraft candy crush and a major title in the name of overwatch because blizzard was a part of all of that activision blizzard has been in the midst of controversy in the recent months which the allegations of gender discrimination and sexual harassment which led to workers striking and a lot of controversy and lawsuits that went along with it this was a major power move for microsoft to come right in and swap the company for their own means against the gaming competitors such as uh sony and playstation uh, sony playstation and nintendo uh the overwatch acquisition alone creates some changing developments uh, as a much anticipated sequel overwatch 2 was scheduled to be released on all multiple platforms now as I wrote that, I saw the tweet from Phil Spencer, who is the CEO of Xbox. Um, and he stated that he had a uh, he had good calls with uh, this week with leaders at Sony. I can confirm that uh, that our intent to honor the existing agreements upon acquisitions of uh, Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of the industry and we value their our relationship. He never mentioned anything about Nintendo, who also is supposed to be getting Overwatch 2, nor were there any talks of Overwatch 2 being put on air. So it's still unknown the details of what is going to be able to still be honored by um, Activision Blizzard or whatnot to other platforms because. I was, you know, I've actually am invested in Overwatch 2 because one, that was the only first person shooter that I actually enjoyed too. I did get a chance to, you know, do a panel with some of the voice actors for that show, for that game as well. Very intrigued. I was looking forward to seeing what they're doing with the PVE, you know, options and everything, but I'm, damn it, I'm not getting an Xbox just for that. The good part about this is that many believe that the inquired titles will join the list of xbox's game pass library which has given xbox new leverage uh like i said before this game pass is changing the game for xbox and i think this is this is finally giving them the advantage that they've been chasing for years because right now playstation is in a bind they have not been able to produce a lot of uh playstation 5 consoles due to the COVID, and it's not to like their their current situation is not from a lack of you know great games in a sense that they produce great games it's from a lack of supply and demand of those games that are supposed to be promised and the consoles that are supposed to be promised because they cannot 
produce that the materials needed to create those games which is why it was like it was a miracle that i got my playstation 5 because goodness, jesus goodness that 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 was in, insane to get so we'll see how that goes um that's going to be a situation that follows from here but this has been a crazy week in the gaming community i can tell you that and off of two only two major announcements that has come about here so that will do it for that and that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back enter the final stage as i review grand blue fantasy versus and talk about a different take on fighting games thanks to arc system works and we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live We have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to review grand blue fantasy versus for the playstation 4 which just came out last year uh december for the playstation 4 it was already out on steam about a year prior and they just decided to port it over to the playstation 4 i'm hoping to in some cases that this game makes it over to the nintendo switch because it's like any if if you watch if you see this it's like any other arc system works title that is on the uh switch it'll i think it'll be able to port there now granted i hope if they do that that they give us a whole entire one lump you know package like they do with the other ones and there's a reason for that and i'll explain that as we go along so grand blue fantasy is a long-running smartphone game uh that has been around since 2014 and in celebration of its sixth anniversary in march 2020 uh, Cyber Side uh, Games, I should say, collaborated with uh, Arc System Works to create this awesome, awesome fighting game that blends both worlds of RPG with the great, fantastic fighting engine that Arc System Works provide. And in doing so, you got another stellar fighter, not a completely complex and solid fighter, but a very stellar, beautiful, stunning looking fighter that i think a lot of people will enjoy with the rpg twist to it so i saw this game and i knew this game was coming out for quite some time and you know i decided to jump on it and i'm actually glad i did now every everything is perfect about this game um 
there are some things that I would like for them to change or wish they would add on maybe if they do this again. Um, but there were also some other things that I found troubling, which is part of the reason why I hate certain business models today. So, um, for the most part, let's give the story. What I loved about this game is that it has an RPG mode in here, you know, to compliment and pay homage to the game itself because the game is based on an RPG. But, you know, Arc System Works, I think, is probably the best company to do this for because Arc System Works, unlike other, you know, companies like Bandai Namco, Capcom, Bandai Namco at one point was good for doing this too, but they would create fighting games but have some different aspects. Netherrealm, I'll give credit to that as well because Mortal Kombat Deception, uh, and I believe the one before that, had a lot of different extra missions and modes that they played around with. I wish they'd do that again. Like a lot of people wanted Mortal Kombat to come out with um, combat chess again, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, they never did that. You know, um, when it came to Tekken 7, people wanted, they wanted the bowling, but you know, and they got the bowling, but we wanted Tekken Force mode. We so badly wanted Tekken Force mode, but they never came with that. Our system works also does different things with their ips as well um guilty gear has seen different variants of it where they had some other elements to it as well um i remember there's one in particular that had a beat em up uh you know they had the fighting game the core fighting game but it also had a beat em up uh another version of the game that was story driven and it was a basically like a golden axe type of beat em up type of game with um all of the characters from there so they they they're known to go on out of the box of the norm but not only that they also provide extremely high production value with their games not only just um with the character designs to give that anime look come to life that you that's in the control of your hands but just also storytelling and narrative driven uh and this was a match made in heaven for them they not only you know put up the money to do that they also forked the money to hire you know uh established uh actors to do voice roles for this and it just it was really well done i loved what they did here you had some cut scenes and then you had some side scenes here with the uh, with the characters as well so it was fully voiced in english and japanese so that was a big plus there got to enjoy the 3d cut scenes as well awesome um there's also some upgrading and customizations for this game as you're playing along so the basic story of the rpg mode is um you're introducing a story that you know puts you in a place of chaos which has befallen the sky realm leaving gran who is like the main character of the uh the series uh no choice but to fight against his former allies in order to uh in order for him to identify the source of the growing havoc that saves his comrades the airship grand uh cypher uh takes flight once again to uncharted skies so i it's you know the the story itself is not that big of a deal it's not that engaging but you enjoy it because the the uh voice acting is really good in here and it, it's just a lot of beautiful beautiful visuals in this game and and you know the colors and saturations and i love the the shading in, in the game. It's just really well done. Um, like I said, you got the character upgrading and customizations here, which allows you to enhance the characters using uh, comprehensive, uh, a comp a comprehensive system, I should say, um, in, the, in, in the Grand Blue Fantasy. 
you equipped different weapons and these weapons help to power up your actual main weapon here uh with this with this weapon system uh which you do gradually improve as you go along the more items that you find some of the some of the fights that you actually get into you have one-on-one battles but also um this is like the first game where the stages that you go on through you you're fighting multiple enemies like these small bit enemies but you're moving your character left and right so they give you freedom of movement within these stages until you actually do the one-on-one -on -one battles so during a stage is just basically you're going through a wave of enemies and as you're getting through these wave of enemies you're gaining more money to buy more items to power up your characters along the way um and your weapons for that matter you also come across with the they also have the system called the weapon skin um system which is a feature that allows you to apply uh the appearance of certain weapons to other characters in the game um when you think about this you think about soul caliber soul caliber series has always done this but in my opinion they do it better because this one you're only limited to a certain amount of weapons here whereas like soul caliber whenever they had you know the weapon the edge master modes and all this stuff you were able to acquire and in and, and hindsight at the end of the day this game really does mimic soul caliber in, in, in such a way but soul caliber does it in when you know when soul caliber did it back in the day it was done much better um it was you know the, the you were able to have a almost like a over a dozen different weapons that you were able to use i believe each one of the weapons had their own you know stats and powers you know power levels and such and it was just awesome uh, going back to the original soul edge game that was on a playstation so this kind of does the same thing but not not as depth not at, it, it lacks the depth of the soul caliber series and when they did it too so but it's still an awesome thing to see the the design the weapons design the character design are all extremely well detailed here so it's just the other thing too is just that it, it you do, it do, they do make it kind of hard for you to know how to find these skins for them so you got to keep playing the game in order to figure it out or you got to look at like wikis and and um faqs and all the stuff to really learn how to figure that out in some cases i wish it was more in-game information on how to acquire a lot of these weapons rather it be just hitting things in here uh so that was the whole situation you also uh have unique skills uh which you know a wide array of options ranging from healing to debuffing a lot of elements and items that you would basically have in an rpg so the, it, the good part about it is the presentation of this game does give you a great rpg type of uh feel and especially between the quest battles that you have to go through because the quest battles is awesome because a lot of times you can even have two people that you know you are teaming up with the you and the ai or you and a co-op uh player that are just going at these different waves of enemies but then you also have the big boss battles and they're huge like they these boss battles they have these huge scaling bosses that you go up against and you're fighting alongside your uh your partner and they're epic 
it's beautifully well as well beautiful and and beautifully well done and it really gives you that really huge scaled battle type of vibe that you would get in any rpg game or jrpg game in here so i really like that aspect to the game as well um when it comes to the characters and a roster that they have it's deep it's a deep roster however this is one of my negatives to the game is that they have over they have a, a roughly about 24 characters in a game that you can acquire 11 of them are your core characters that are in the game and unlock as you gradually go along there are 13 dlc characters that you can uh acquire to from a season pass or you can buy them individually and if you buy them stupidly buy them individually you will do so at the price of i believe maybe 3.99 or 4.99 either way if you add all that up if you add buying them individually for all 13 characters individually you're paying 65 dollars for these characters uh -uh. there's no way in hell one of these characters are worth that much money that is, that is highway robbery in my opinion um i hate this idea that because this is like right up there with um other fighter games that I don't agree with either. Uh, I believe Soul Calibur has done it, and I hate when Soul Calibur did it because Soul Calibur did it. They did it with um, Tekken as well. Bandai Namco is known for doing this uh, business model, but they're giving you characters that have no real significance to the game experience. They're just characters that you can use to fight in in in, in online battles or whatever. But like, if all right, if you're playing as Hamaru on soul caliber you best believe i want him to interact with the characters in the soul caliber universe no he doesn't do that the only interaction he does is that he fights you could use him to fight in the arcade battles or anything but he has no narrative or social significance in the game this is the same problem i had with tekken 7 when they got negan from the walking dead or noctis from final fantasy and and uh, a horde of others and they're like the only person that was legit a part of the universe was uh, Akuma. And once again, I give credit to and I hope NetherRealm Studios never do, do this because when they at least give you their DLC, it's for one price. It's not individually and it's for a group of characters that are coming out and you pay this one um, fee. On top of that, when you get these characters, they are immersed and involved and they do interact with the narrative and the story of the entire universe that is Mortal Kombat or Injustice. I hate these loose characters that are just there just to be there. I just I just hate it. We're, it's it's archaic. It's, it's something that has been done years ago, but with no rhyme or reason. We have more of a means. These developing stu development studios have more of a means to do way more now so like this is the problem that i had with snk snk does the same thing i that's why i'm i'm hoping and praying that king of fighters is a much more evolved fighting game than it ever was because if i, I swear to goodness i'm not joking when king of fighters come out 15 and it comes out and if it's the same old bs i think i'm done with snk fighting games at this point i think i'm completely done because at this point you need to evolve um i dare i say i may actually partially say that for pokemon like um Leg pokemon legends Arce arceus comes out next week 
I am. I have high hopes for that game. That is going to be a completely new experience. I'm praying on it because Brilliant Diamond and Pearl and Shining Pearl, like, all right, granted, it's a remake, but it's the same thing. But even as much as I love Sword and Shield, it's the same story. I am hoping for a brand new experience with this Pokemon. I need this to be literally the breath of the wild experience that I got from this game. So I'm hoping that's the case, but this business model with these extra DLC characters, like, and I know, unfortunately there are some people who will end up buying up on this. I just can't, I don't see myself finding this to be worth it as great as these characters look and as great as they are. I just can't see this happening. And it's funny that they do this for this game, but the Guilty Gear Strive, they don't exactly do this. It's like, oh, it's a one season pass deal. You get these characters and you're getting a whole new story mode from this. So I thought that business model is a lot better than this when it comes to that, to what they do with that. So, um, and then on top of that, there's not really much else to it. There's also the versus mode as well, which, you know, you just do a bunch of versus battles online or, you know, co-op with a friend or whatever like that. So, I mean, overall, I think this is a very solid game. I would have preferred that they have a little bit more complex control scheme for the fighting game. I do find that a lot of these recent uh, new modern fighting games that they're coming out with have a more simplistic control scheme. And I grew up playing the Street Fighters uh, games and the Mortal Kombat's where you have a very awesome complex control scheme where like the top buttons are punches, different types of punches. The bottom buttons are different type of kicks. You would have like a six button control scheme to it uh, with a directional, you know, um, move set. And it's not like that. It's a lot more simplistic. You have like now it's like you have light, medium and heavy attacks, which kind of simplifies the situation. I remember when you play Street Fighter, what made Street Fighter so awesome is that you were able to utilize every every button had a purpose whether you're doing light attacks to do combos and everything and combos just seem a little bit more easier to pull off and I, I i while i do appreciate that i did like the idea that people were really practicing a technique by putting on these different combos and using light uh, medium and heavy attacks and punches and kicks to do some really cool stuff it gave you that really that kind of a real fight feel that a real fight is going on and is really based off technique and not just butt mashing because we're playing Dragon Ball Fighters and all you got to do is just, you know, keep tapping a button to get a combo out, you know? So I need a fighting game that brings you back to the core. And I believe that's where I think King of Fighters 15 may shine because I don't believe that they're going to go about it that way with their control scheme because they're from old school. So that's the old school elements that I think they will bring back. I just think that presentation is a big deal these days when it comes to fighting games. And hopefully that that's the case that they'll do it from there. So if I'm going to give a grade for this, I do recommend people who are aching for new fighting game experiences to go in and check this out. Arc System Works truly is the king of fighters. Uh, and when it comes to the fighting game industry, they've gone out of their way to make some spectacular games um, that just differentiates themselves from and from all the others right now they are the, the pinnacle of fighting game development out here right now and i hope to see more come in uh in the years to come for that but you know 
this game was a great experience. It wasn't the best experience, but it's definitely worth checking out for fighting game fans. So if I want to give this a grade, it's going to be a B plus for me. So go out of your way, check it out. You know, uh, Marvelous Exceed Games, site, uh, games in accordance with Arc System Works created a really solid, fun, beautiful RPG fighting experience here that you don't want to miss. It's available for the PlayStation 4 and Steam right now. So go out of your way and check it out. Be cautious on the DLC. That's all I got to say. So folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. This Sunday, I don't know exactly what we want to talk about. We got um, some really interesting uh, things coming out from Peacemaker um, that I may want to talk about. We definitely got to talk about Bubba Fett because the most shocking appearance happened. If you're a music fan, the one of the most shocking appearances happened um, and on that show this week. So we got to talk about that. Um, and Better Late Than Never review may be coming this week on that show because I got a chance to see Super Crooks on uh, Netflix. And yeah, I, I won't say too much of that, but I'm kicking myself at the same time. So we'll, um, that may be the talk, but it's not guaranteed, but that may be the, the go-to review or topic that I want to talk about this week on uh, the Prime show. So stay tuned for that and whatever the hell is going on this week. So we'll hopefully, if anything happens within the development of G4, we'll cover that. We'll see what happens from there. But it is what it is for now. Folks, if you want to, uh, if you enjoy this episode, Please subscribe and download to our favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Fountain. If you guys are following that and, you know, support me on there, as well as our official website on TalkTimeLive.com, where you can check out this episode and every episode on there, as well as other content such as our blog. And there, um, I just did a recent Blah, blog entry in there uh, celebrating the birthday of one of our favorite people that ever came graced um, the ACMG page. Uh, she was not only an admin of the page, she was also one of the original co-host of Talk Time Live. Her name is Joanne Carr. Her birthday just passed yesterday. Um, she passed away way too soon. I won't go into detail with that, but um, she is dearly missed every single time and partially the reason why I decided to go in the direction that I went to um, right now. I will talk a little bit more about that on our Prime show, but that's on air and there's a lot to talk about on air and there. So if you want, you can go on the blog page on TalkTimeLive.com. You can check that out. We also have exclusive video interviews as well from uh, our podcast in there. Did one with Matt Papa. I just did from NT uh, Creates because lo and behold, Gunvolt Chronicles Luminous Avenger X2 is coming out next week. I already got the download on there. So we got in terms of uh, reviews for games next week. I mean, in the coming weeks, we got you covered because there is a lot. When uh, Jammer 2 just came out yesterday as well as Black Wind. So I um, will be reviewing those in the coming weeks. Um, like I said, X uh, Luminous Avenger X2 is coming out and Pokemon Legend Arceus is coming out as well. So that will probably be the one I follow up with because um, that's going to take me some time to play and review. So definitely stay tuned for that. Black Wind, I am currently playing as well as Windjammers 2. Windjammers 2 might be the, be the one I do because this is a quick, you know, play and check out 
and I think based on the original Windjammers game, uh, they have come back out and, uh, that may be the one cause it's quick and it, you know, it has that fighting game appeal that I love so much. So stay tuned for that and much, much more, but tons of content on here. If you want to check out last year's, um, repop metaverse uh panels that i did with the cast of bleach sailor moon that time i got reincarnated as a slime my hero academia and pokemon the og cast of ash ketchum misty and brock you can check it out on there as well and uh who knows what's gonna happen because uh according to my people at repop things are coming so stay tuned for that and much, much more. But again, thank you all for your support. Thank you for continuing to uh, download and listen to the show. And please keep our keep us going. Support us, uh, you know, share it, do whatever you need to to get more people to watch the show. Thank you to our or listen to the show or even watch. Thank you to our uh, new listeners out there who have downloaded and checked out the series and and enjoyed all this content. So thank you so very much. We definitely appreciate it. And. That will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and uh, have a great week. Be safe, everybody. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.